0: Hi everyone. Welcome to Mika Straight Up. Have you ever been fired? If you're on the younger side, you think that's never going to happen. So that's nice. But if you are maybe my age or older, perhaps it's happened to you in one way or another. And I mean, you can get fired in many different ways. You can get divorced. You can get fired from your job and lose your salary and your income and all prospects for the future. (laughs) And, um... I have found, especially in talking to women across the world, really, but mostly across the United States, that women who get fired, who get very negative feedback at work, take it deeply personally. I mean, like death or divorce, while men like, get revved up by it. They get angry. They look for, they look for ways to get even. They, they don't remember when they've been fired. If you ask someone, let's say you've got ten people in the room, five men, five women, all of them have been fired twice. And you say to the group, have you ever been fired? Who's been fired? The women will all raise their hands right away, and the men will be like, i will have to think about it for a second, because they just don't remember that. They don't need to. It's clutter in their brain. It gets in the way. They are successful. They are confident. And whoever did that was wrong. Well, women, we tend to think, oh, my God, well, something is wrong with me, and, and now i it's been proven to the world, and let me agree with you, and let me think of all the reasons why it might have happened. Wow, why am I speaking so clearly about this? If you've been fired, why am I connecting so deeply with you right now? <laughs> because my firing was so painful, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And, well, I'll tell the story. But then I want to talk about why it should not be something that I remember like it was yesterday. There's one reason why it's okay that I do, and then there's another I need to work on, and I am. But first, the story. So I started out in local news. Uh, wanted to be a reporter since I was 14 years old and I was watching my dad on Larry King or going to do Meet the Press or whatever. I thought I want to be that person behind the camera asking the questions. And you, everyone starts out in local in this, well, it's a little different now, but back in the day, because I'm 54, so when I was starting out in my 20s, we had the big cameras, the huge sound equipment, and you know, you were lucky if you had a photographer, because often you were your own, and you'd put your camera on sticks and do your stand-ups. Oh my God. It was very, very, um, very long time ago. And it was a lot of work. You worked all hours, days, nights, evenings, mornings, and seven days a week, especially if you're a woman in the business. And I was somehow always freelance. So I was always working, but I, I made it from local, which I loved. And I actually became a pretty well-known anchor in Connecticut. And I loved Connecticut. I loved my life there, and I actually knew that, like, I actually was going to get my big break because I loved my life, and you know, like, when everything finally all falls together, it's when it's all going to blow up, right, and the network calls, Um, and I got my first big job at CBS News up to the minute, working overnights. Yes, I would commute from Connecticut into New York City at 7.45 in the evening to get there by 9.00 to work all night doing pre-tapes, to start live television on the network at 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Those were the days. They were so glamorous. I was so exhausted. <laughs> and It was so much work, and that long commute home was something else. And that led to the job at MSNBC that no one remembers. I hosted a chick show for three hours a day. They only remember Ashley Banfield because she was amazing. And I was the one sitting next to her. Um, (laughs) and, And also with my friend Gina Gaston. And I loved that job. It was fun. It was called Homepage. And I was learning from local news to network news to cable news hosting, all the different tricks of the trade and how to sort of develop your talent and your persona and your own sense of who you are in real time on live TV all day. And then I went to CBS News as a correspondent. And my first day on the job was um, a week before 9-11. My first big story was 9-11 at CBS. And that's another podcast. Um, But For seven years after 9-11, I worked at CBS News as a correspondent, climbing the ladder at CBS, learning all the different types of ways to cover stories across the country, whether it be for the early show or for 48 Hours or the CBS Evening News, where I would pitch a lot of stories. I did a big investigation on the Dodge Durango ball joints and actually prompted a recall. I did a three-part series on bipolar disorder in children under five years old. I traveled all over the country, and I loved it. I loved CBS so much. So much. I had two little girls, and my husband, and he was working at Channel 7, and it really all seemed to come together. (laughs) You know where this is going, right? Everything was falling into place. And... I remember becoming um, kind of like a weekend anchor, a substitute. I would fill in for John Roberts. Dan Rather was the main anchor. John Roberts was the Sunday evening news anchor. And I would fill in for John Roberts on the weekends. And gosh, that was so exciting. And I remember bringing my daughters in with me on the weekend. And they would sit under the desk, the set, the desk of the CBS Evening News while I was doing the news. And I really remember pinching myself, saying, I love my job so much, and I have my girls right here. I've, like, struck gold. I've found a way to make it all work. And I remember right before I signed my last contract at CBS, it was a year before I was fired, (laughs) and it was um, to be weekend anchor on the CBS Evening News, and... I think John Roberts was going to replace Dan, but then they had the memo gate catastrophe and Dan left. But I had this contract to be Sunday anchor for the CBS Evening News and a 60 minutes correspondent, like a um contributor is what they called not a core you know there was there's only the stalwart 60 minutes crew but to be able to contribute to 60 minutes and actually shot like three or four pieces some that actually aired on 60 minutes and I think 60 minutes Wednesday they had I went to India and I interviewed Bikram from Bikram Yoga before he like everything went very badly for him but it was fascinating um I traveled the world and started seeing it from sort of the upper level at CBS and loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And then I don't really, I still to this day sort of want to say to you, I don't know why I was fired, except that Dan left. They hired Katie, and a week after announcing that, they told me there was no room for me. And I'm wondering if they didn't want a woman six days a week versus five days a week, if it was too much, too soon, Um, or if they they just didn't like me. There was new management. I did hear that upper, 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 upper management, the top, thought I looked weird. Um... There were lots of answers given to me, none which made any sense. But here's how it happened. Here's like the TikTok of that day. Um, I got a call to have a meeting with Sean McManus, who was the president of CBS News at the time. He had come from CBS Sports in the middle of all the upheaval during Memogate. And I walked down the hall and I had a weird feeling. (laughs) I remember like, seeing the vintage pictures of CBS personalities along the wall down to the president's office. And i it was very quiet down there. And I walked in, and it was just Sean at his desk. And he said, come on in, sit down. And the door closed behind me. You know those doors? It's not like what you think, was, but they do have a door where you press the button and it closes. Um, I'm not sure if someone closed it. But we were alone. And he said, You know, we're going to actually release you from the window of your contract. Uh, we're, we're letting you go. And I remember kind of not uh, completely hearing him because the words didn't make any sense to me. And I was, com- I wouldn't even say I was shocked. I just wasn't. I was like, What? All right. I, I had to have him say it a few times. Now, why am I telling you this story? It's because when you get fired, women especially, we go right into emotion mind. We are so personally offended. We are so shocked that we miss the moment to make the most of the moment, and you need to make the most of that moment. When you're walking out the door, you need to get the most you can. I did everything wrong. First of all, I was shocked. (sighs) Welcome to the TV business, right? But secondly, I became extremely emotional. And it came on uncontrollably. And I asked him why, in a desperate manner, which is so... I Can you imagine a guy doing this? I can think of a gesture a guy would give, but not a question of why. And the answer I got was not Sean's fault, by the way. Whatever he was doing, he had to do. But he said there's no real reason to explain. It's, it's, and he put his hand in the air. It's subjective, just subjective. And that obviously wasn't enough. And I became pretty much devolved. I was, there were very, very, very many tears rolling down my face. And I'm not, actually telling the story to feel sorry for me because most people who tell me they've been fired and they come to me and they're very upset, I tell them it's the best thing that ever happened to them and they just don't know it right now. And that's what a friend told me when I was crying on her shoulder. She told me this would be the best thing that ever happened to me. I could never imagine this being the best thing that ever happened to me. I had finally gotten to a point where things were going to be secure and they were totally insecure now. And everything was falling apart after a lifetime of work. I was almost 40. And I thought, Oh my God, at 40, I'm never going to make it back in the business. It's over. This is over. It's done. I'm done. I'm totally done. And that's the only way I saw it. And I also saw it as I screwed up. I did something wrong. It was me. I feel terrible. And this, I thought about myself, but you could see it on my face. Why am I telling you this? There's so much value in this. When you're getting fired, you need to get it together, okay? You literally need to get it together. Pull yourself together. You're not to cry. You can cry, but not there, okay? The best thing you can do if you are upset is you can say, I don't agree. I have questions. And this meeting's over for now. And you get up and you go. And then you can decide how you want to revisit the situation or figure out your exit or all the different things that might come along with your exit. But devolving into a fit of tears shows perhaps weakness or an understanding of it. You don't need to agree with being fired. In fact, you should not agree with being fired. That's not good negotiating. And you negotiate going in And you negotiate at your exit as well, even if you're upset about it. And so I threw away a lot of negotiating power when I devolved, and I took it deeply personally. So, for those of you who have not been fired, get ready. It could happen at any moment, it might happen, it will happen. Assume it will. Get ready. Think about how you're going to compose yourself in that moment. What questions might you ask? Or what might you do so that you can come back later or have a lawyer call or whatever your situation is so that you are in a good position leaving? Don't leave it all on the table, okay? Don't pour your heart out. Don't show that you are deeply shocked and offended and horrified at the thought of being fired. Don't show that because that's not all of you. In fact, especially if they're wrong. And as you can see, in CBS's case, they were wrong. One thing I did do right is I never, never once said anything bad about CBS. I loved it there. That's the truth. I say it even having been fired from there. In my story leading up to being fired, I talk about how much I loved it because I did. I learned so much. I worked with amazing people. I made amazing friends. I learned so much from the people I was with. It was a great environment for me and I was sad to leave it. That can be true along with them being wrong about firing me. So they need to take care of me on the way out. That part I missed. And you miss that opportunity if you become completely emotional. In fact, very high emotion mind, your ability to think goes to zero. That's why you got to keep it together. You know, When I walked out the doors of CBS and I knew I would never walk back in, it was heartbreaking. The place that was appropriate to cry, and I did, was calling my dad. Bank of America is dedicated to bringing diverse women talent into the company and to supporting the economic empowerment of women around the world. Recognizing the vital role women play in driving economic growth, Bank of America helps women make connections to build their businesses and make meaningful contributions to local communities. Through partnerships with multiple organizations, Bank of America has helped more than 75,000 women entrepreneurs access mentoring and the capital they need to lead, create positive change, and grow their businesses. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com women. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation. My dad, my dad was so unbelievably loving toward me, but especially during hard times, he always knew what to say. He always was ready to say it. And I don't know how he had that like sixth sense with me, but on like the worst days of my life, I thought that was one of the worst days of my life. It was not. But there were other days that were bad. Um, Telling him I was getting divorced um, after my daughter's accident, my accident. But getting fired seemed like the worst day of my life. And when I called my dad walking up 57th Street toward my truck at the Holiday Inn parking lot, my dad picked up, as usual when I'm in crisis, on the first ring like he was ready for it. He's always ready for me when I'm in pain. And I was like, Dad. And he's like, Mika, 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 Mika. And I was like, Dad. And I literally couldn't talk. I was um, like, my neck was completely clenched up with crying tears. And I could barely breathe. And then hearing him be so sweet, and I knew he was ready to hear something that had happened to me, like, he was waiting. I don't know why he knows this stuff. Made me cry more, of course, right? And then I told him. And I was like, I I, 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 I I, just got fired. I got fired. And I was, like, trying to say it loud. It was coming out like a frog. I sounded like a frog. And he's like, Mika, Mika. It is definitely not the end of the world, Mika. And then he, he goes, you know... Their loss, Mika. But even more, Mika, you need to understand that this is your moment to, to figure out how you handle it. But, you know, I remember the day, and he always does this, I remember the day I did not get tenure at Harvard. <laughs> and I'm always like, Dad, you're losing me at the Harvard story. Because he always tells me this story about how he didn't get tenure at Harvard and it was completely dis- just beyond disappointing. It was gut-wrenching for him. And how he got them back by going to Columbia, and 30 years later they wanted him back or something like that. And he said, you're going to have that moment where CBS wants you back. Honestly, my dad was right. I did have that moment. But long before that moment was a year of looking for a job and not knowing what was next and walking around with the word fired on my forehead because I felt it and lived it and breathed it. And I think women do that. Men don't. They just, you know what, you know what finger they put up on both sides and they move forward and find another place to work and then burn down the place where they used to work. <laughs> you know, they they don't take it personally. But I did for a year. <laughs> and I remember I went home and I like lied to my kids. I was so embarrassed. I was like, I'm going to be home with mommy. And they were like, What? and i was like i'm going to be home more i'm i'm leaving cbs and kids know when you're lying right so amelia was like you can't leave cbs that's the only reason the library lady likes me she was 10 and carly was quiet sad but quiet and i thought well i'm just going to be there for them they're going to love it <laughs> uh-uh. um I think the school called me the next day and said, you know, can you come in and talk to Carly? And I thought, yes, I can. Why, yes, I can. I am, I happen to be available. (laughs) Supermom coming. And the, the teacher told me, Diane Myers, you know, Carly told me that you were leaving CBS. And Carly was sitting by the lockers all scrunched up. And I looked down at Carly and I said, Carly, it's good news. You know, we get more time with mommy. And Carly looked at me with her big, blue eyes and they had pools of tears in them and she said mommy you can't leave CBS you love it so much and then I cried again (laughs) another opportunity to not cry and be strong and do something right and I did it wrong and the teacher was looking at me like are you kidding me because I really lost it And the reason I did is because your kids know you more than you know yourself. And she was right. And I realized I had lost something I loved very much that even my daughter knew. I loved it very much. And it was okay to be sad in front of her. It's okay to show your kids disappointment, failure. It's okay to let them see you stumble. They should. And I was trying to cover it up. So I did this whole firing thing wrong. So let me make all the mistakes so you don't have to. When you get fired, keep your cool. Ask questions if you have them or hold off for more questions. Say you'll be back or they'll hear from you. You don't agree. Leave it hanging. It's okay to leave people hanging. You don't have to fill the room with words, especially when you're being fired. You owe them nothing. You owe yourself asking them questions and making sure that that whatever it is that is available to you walking out the door, you get. Secondly, you can cry talking to your parents. (laughs) You can cry talking to your spouse. You can cry talking to your children even, but not hysterically in a school in front of the teacher who's definitely judging you. Don't lie to yourself or your family when you fall down. They need to see that. They shouldn't just see the pretty stuff, right? But you got to keep your cool at work. I personally, and I have some differences with like the younger folks on the Know Your Value team, Daniela Pierre-Bravo thinks it's okay to cry at work, that there are times when it's possible. Maybe. I don't. Because every time I have, I've lost something along the way. So getting fired is a process that you need to prepare for if you want to know your value. Just like negotiating yourself up the ladder, negotiating for a higher salary, you need to negotiate effectively walking out the door. And that's a lot harder than it looks because it hurts. So women, especially, understand your feelings are going to get hurt at work. It's called business. Sometimes you get fired. So make sure that you prepare for that moment, that it isn't an utter shock, that the person doesn't have to say it to you five times, okay? Be smart about it, be cool about it, and be prepared to figure out how to get the best angle at leaving, because you can't turn that firing around. When that decision's been made, it's been made, but you can hold your head up high Right when you get out the door, right when you go into those next job interviews, don't wear it on your head. Don't think everybody knows why you were fired and you're the only one who doesn't. Or don't think there's something wrong with you and hedge about it. You were fired, you were let go. Go to those job interviews. Pick yourself up. Pull yourself together. Put on that game face and understand that sometimes it's not you, it's them. Okay? And <laughs> for women, we always think it's us, but it's them. Okay? And so those are all my what not to do's and what to do when you get fired, which is part of business, which is part of working, which is part of life. And there's an elegant way to do it that ends up with more money walking out the door. And then there's me devolving into a pool of tears. Make your choice now. Prepare for it. Prepare for bad news and prepare to be confident moving forward so that bad news doesn't follow you all around to every job interview you go to. I probably would have been hired sooner had I taken that advice. So I'll tell you my story in another podcast about how I got it all back together. That's a great story about pressing reset and taking a step back. But today was my very uplifting story about getting fired. But it's a reality. And I talk to you straight up about these things. And that's my story. So thanks so much for joining me today on Mika Straight Up. I hope you got the advice out of that because you never know when you might need it. Once again, this was Mika Straight Up, created with support from Bank of America. Bank of America is dedicated to bringing diverse women talent into the company and to supporting the economic empowerment of women around the world. Recognizing the vital role women play in driving economic growth, Bank of America helps women make connections to build their businesses and make meaningful contributions to local communities. Through partnerships with multiple organizations, Bank of America has helped more than 75,000 women entrepreneurs access mentoring and the capital they need to lead, create positive change, and grow their businesses. To learn more, visit bankofamerica.com women. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation.